Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and if you want to learn more about Valley View Friends Church, look us up on Facebook or at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Let's pray. Almighty God, we come before you now in uncertain times, seeking assurance from your authority and needing respite that only comes from your peace. We confess that in this moment we have a need, and that need can only be answered by you. We ask for healing for the sick, protection for the vulnerable, and strength for our caregivers and first responders. We ask for wisdom and courage for our leaders. In this moment, please speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, minister to each one of us, bringing understanding for today and in the days to come by showing us your sovereignty, your love, your calling on each person to be a disciple of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we find ourselves in new territory today. Um, this particular coronavirus is new to us. And the last few weeks have brought a deluge of information and unknowns. Perhaps the last week has felt like several lifetimes to you. Truly, it has for me. It's okay to feel some fear. Fear reminds us that we're human. And it's okay to have questions. All of us have questions right now. Perhaps as Christians, we're wondering at this moment, how do we, re do, how do we respond in this time? How do we move forward with hope? And what does God have in store for us? Maybe this morning you're simply wondering, does God have a word for us concerning the coronavirus? And you better believe that he does. Today's text may not say coronavirus, but it is a passage that's written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. We call it the letter to the Philippians. Paul was writing to encourage this young church and help them in a moment of crisis. There was conflict within the church. They were, there were two parties within the church that were in disagreement. It was tearing the church apart. And that word that was good for them in their moment of crisis is good for us today in ours. I've been reading this text in Philippians chapter 4 for years, and it's been a help for me in my own wrestling match with, with anxiety. The text today is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Max Lucado and his book, Anxious for Nothing, a very good book that I would recommend that you pick up. He remarks in this book that Philippians 4, 4 through 8 is a text that should be in the Scripture Hall of Fame, right up there with Psalm 23. Lucado further mentions that on the Amazon Kindle, you know, that, that digital reading device, I, I tried Amazon books, uh, they're good, I, I have to have paper books, that's just me. But on the Amazon Kindle, the Bible is the most highlighted book, and Philippians 4-8 through 8 is the most highlighted passage in the Bible. So today, as we read this text, we are not alone in reading this word for comfort. So hear the word of the Lord from Philippians 4 through 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In overwhelming times, we must let the peace of God guard our hearts. And we allow this to happen when we rejoice in the Lord, pray thankfully, and meditate on what is good. A crisis can overwhelm us and paralyze us in our ability to function. And I want to mention three ingredients today that I believe can imprison us during a crisis. And these three ingredients are fear, the lack of control, and blame. So let's talk about fear for a moment, especially the idea of being ruled by fear. Merriam-Webster defines fear in this way. It's an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Fear is not all bad. In fact, fear can be healthy. The feeling of fear can serve as a warning that helps us avoid danger. And it's crippling when fear ceases to simply warn you of danger and instead it chooses to rule over you, let it rule over you. I found a little comic on the internet that I think is, is so very good and I, I want to show it for you here. And uh, for those that can't see it, what it is, it's a comic with two little pictures. And on one you have a little figure of a person looking down a cliff top and down the cliff is a monster with its mouth open. And the caption there is, there is a fear that keeps us alive, as in danger, don't go there, there's danger. There is a fear that keeps us alive. And the second picture has that same little person holding a red balloon, getting ready to soar off and explore something. And, and the monster has grabbed a hold of that person's feet and is holding them down. And the caption there is, and there's a fear that keeps us from living. There's a fear that keeps us alive and a fear that keeps us from living. When fear rules over us, it keeps us from living. And perhaps that's the battle you've been fighting this week. The Bible has much to tell us about fear, but mostly what it tells us is that we're supposed to be subject under God's authority instead of ruled by fear. Psalm 23, verse 4, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version here, says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's telling us that even though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, God is in control. He rules. He is the one protecting and watching over us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, meaning your enemies. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I have this question for you today. Who rules in your life? Who's ruling right now, today? Is it fear that's ruling, or is it God? It's dangerous to let fear rule in your life. Fear becomes overwhelming when we let ourselves be ruled by it. And I would say this, fear is a cruel master. Here's some tips I'd like to suggest if you're trying to wonder, if you're wondering, am I being ruled by fear? First one is this, fear sees only the downside instead of the good that is happening. Next, fear constricts your growth instead of bringing out the best version of you. Fear locks you into one place, 
preventing you from freely enjoying the blessing of life. Fear prevents our ability to decide. Have you ever felt that? Maybe you felt it this week, caught between decisions. What do I do? And, and that anxiousness without, with the inability to make a decision, it, it, it's just mind-numbing. So fear prevents your ability to decide instead of letting you rest in a decision that is already made. Fear does not allow you to stop thinking about the problem. I mentioned earlier that I have battled a bit with anxiety. And uh, earlier this year, my mom bought me a gift. And I thought, oh, how wonderful. I, I, I like getting gifts. That's great. And I pulled out of the bag this odd little block of wood, a decoration. And on it was printed these words. And the words simply say, I think I think too much. Yeah, I guess I do think too much. At least I think I do. And there we go. Fear doesn't allow us to stop thinking about the problem. If that's you this week, you might be letting fear rule instead of God. When fear is allowed to rule, it robs us of our joy. This is why our text from Philippians starts with the command, Rejoice in the Lord always. How can we rejoice in the midst of a crisis? If you let fear rule over you, you cannot rejoice. Joy and rejoicing come when we allow God to rule over our lives. Take time when you feel fear to praise God. I don't mean to just put on a happy face and, and, and feel good about the situation, but I mean declare aloud in a word or a song or however you need to do it to make this real, to be physical. Declare aloud praise Speak the goodness of God, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Declare that he is the Almighty. Take time to speak the truth about who God is. That is praising him. That is bringing him glory. I want to talk about prayer in a moment, but it's very important that Paul, when he tells us to pray in Philippians, tells us to pray with thanksgiving. And praying with thanksgiving, has it has a tremendous impact on our joy. I want to challenge you, everybody who's listening to this, just, this is an easy thing to do. Just take a sheet of paper. Make this your Thanksgiving journal to God. Just take one line a day, one simple line, one sentence, maybe it's just a couple words, every day. Write down just one thing that you are thankful to God for. And then each day, thank God for something that you have not already thanked Him for. So it might look something like this. On day one, you might just simply write down, I am thankful, God, that I have life and health this day. You've given it to me. And day two might read, thank you, God, you have blessed me with food for this day. And the third day might be, thank you that you've made me unique and specially gifted to be a part of your kingdom. And maybe the fourth day would be, thank you that you've kept my family safe today. And, and the fifth day might just simply be, Lord, thank you for sunrise. It was so beautiful. Each day, thank God for something different. Fear wants you to fixate on one problem. And thanksgiving causes you to look up to the Almighty and the blessings that He has given you. This is important here. Thankfulness strips power away from fear's rule over your life. Thankfulness strips power away from fear's rule over your life. So practice a habit of rejoicing in the Lord always with thankfulness. Now let's talk about that second ingredient. First one is fear. The second one is when we feel 
overwhelmed by a lack of control. Lack of control, it is a very frustrating experience. Certainly, when we lose control, fear tries to move in and rule over us. They're tied together, fear and lack of control. Now, if you want to know something about me, know this. I hate roller coasters. I know some people love roller coasters. I do not like roller coasters. You, you will not be able to get me on a roller coaster. Offer me a million dollars, not doing it. It's just not in me. I'll ride airplanes, but they're kind of in the same boat. I do not like flying on airplanes. Ultimately, I think it is because I do not have control when I'm on a roller coaster ride or when I'm in an airplane. Someone else is in control. Now, I used to say that I didn't ride on roller coasters because I didn't see the sense in being flung around in the air like that. But I, I know people love that. It's great. But hidden in my reason was I would say I don't like being flung around. But what it was is I don't like being flung around by some other power. Namely, for a roller coaster, that powers gravity and the harness of the roller coaster car and the track. All of them work together to become a power that I cannot control. Losing control is a scary feeling. When we receive a diagnosis of cancer, we feel a loss of control. When we lose our job, we feel a loss of control. Uncertainty leads to a loss of control, and so does the unknown. And that's what we're facing right now with this virus, uh, a certain amount of uncertainty and unknown. If you are struggling with feeling like this situation is beyond your control, I want to let you in on an important truth. There is a limit to what you and I can control. We can only find peace when we understand that we rest under God's powerful authority and control. We do not gain confidence by gaining control. We gain confidence when we recognize the authority of God over our lives. I want to go back to that picture of the roller coaster and, and the airplane. That's a very good one. If I was the one who had control over the roller coaster or over the airplane, I would not be safer. I would actually be in more danger. I am no engineer able to design a safe roller coaster. I am no pilot able to handle an airplane. That sort of control would be far more dangerous for me. In an airplane, the pilot the repair technicians, the design engineers are the ones that need to be trusted. I need to trust that the pilot is more capable of controlling the plane than I am. And God is more capable of controlling the current situation than I am. In this moment, we need to seek out King Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 3, we're told this about Jesus, that he's creator of all things. And the text says this, Through him, meaning Jesus, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. He's the creator of the universe. He's made it all. Jesus knows how to handle this virus. We're all going to do what's within our ability to battle this virus. No doubt about that. Everybody's going to do their part, whether it's producing a cure, stocking shelves, making normalcy out of the uncertainty, teaching children, checking on neighbors, keeping our homes running. We all have something that we can do. But recognizing that ultimate authority resides in God and not in a virus or not even our own hands will release us from the feeling of losing control. Back to Philippians. We're told in 
Philippians 4, 6, In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul's admonition that in all situations we're to take our prayers, our petitions to God, is an activity of acknowledging that we are not in control, we are not in power, but that God is. Do not let this crisis possess you and your time that you stop praying. This is a time when we should pray all the more. Each time we pray, we speak to the pilot of our lives, the one who should be in control. Lastly, I want to mention that third ingredient that can paralyze us in a crisis, and that is being possessed by the need to blame. Sometimes someone is at fault, or sometimes someone needs to be held accountable. But I suspect that most of us turn to blame because in a moment of crisis, when the situation is beyond our control, blame gives us a false sense of control. Perhaps we feel that if someone can be blamed, then perhaps going after them can make the situation better. We get a little bit of that control. Do you see how they're all three tied together? Blame is looking for control. A lack of control leads to fear. They all tie together and feed each other. So we have to overcome fear and a loss of control and that bitterness of blame. Right now, there is no blame that can make this virus go away. But Ephesians chapter 4 tells us how to conduct ourselves as Christians. And really... This is good advice for all people. In Ephesians chapter 4.29, we're told this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then in verse 31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. We become ugly people when we are possessed by the need to blame others. By doing so, you may push away the very people who need your help or who can help you. Blame forces us to look at the ugly, and we need to look at what is good and beautiful. Paul again in Philippians tells us in verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul is asking the church of Philippi in the middle of their conflict not to blame, but instead to look at what is wonderful. Perhaps you're not bitter with blame right now, but maybe you've been soured by information overload. Don't forget during this time to enjoy life, to to have fun with your family, to laugh a bit. We need to be informed and we need to know what's going on, but it's too easy to become obsessed with hearing the latest news. I I saw a funny uh, meme, a joke on the internet about what it's like to wake up every morning in 2020. There is a picture from Star Trek The Next Generation of Captain Picard. He's he's sitting there in his captain's chair looking very authoritative and uh, he's looking out at you and, and at the top of the picture says, this is how it feels to wake up every morning in 2020. And then you've got Captain Picard. He looks authoritative looking at you and, and it just simply says below that, damage report. I wonder if you felt like this, this, last, like, this last week I have, waking up each morning wondering what happened while I was asleep. Let me tell you, that is not healthy. You may need to set boundaries for when you will look for the news. Make sure you're taking a break. Maybe you need to take that phone or those news channels, you know, set the news channels on a timer. Say, I'm going to just watch the news at 7 o'clock each day or uh, in the evening. Don't start your day with that. But 
set a time to take in the news. If you have a phone that you've been checking all the time, maybe you need to set that aside and only look at it at certain times and set a timer and say, I'm going to take an hour break or two hour break from this device and stop getting updates. We cannot take in news 24-7. Instead, take that break, read a book, watch a favorite movie, play with your family. When we try to take in news 24-7, we're not looking for whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, or admirable. And when we're just overwhelmed by these things, we cannot pull together. We cannot pull together and do what needs to be done in this time if we are ruled by fear if we're overwhelmed by our lack of control, or if we're bitter with blame. Instead, allow Jesus to be king of your life by rejoicing in the Lord always, and in all situations taking your prayers to God and looking for what is good and true. When we do this, we give Jesus permission to rule over our lives, and this allows the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So to the Christian today, I would say this, please make sure that you are locating your trust in the Lord and nowhere else, not in fear, not in a lack of control, not in bitterness, but it's in the Lord alone. To the non-Christian, these are uncertain times, but today you can be certain about eternity. All you need to do is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need to believe in his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, that he did that for our redemption, for your redemption. You can be certain that whatever may come in this life, your eternity is under the control of King Jesus. And to all of us, I would say this. Read and soak in those words from Philippians 4, 4-8. through 8. We'll have many opportunities to live them out in the coming weeks. Do not let panic keep you from praying. And do not let worry keep you from reading God's word. And don't let fear of a virus keep you from loving your neighbor. I want to read these words again from Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Soak them in. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's close with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you now for your strength in our lives. Help us not to be ruled by fear or overwhelmed by our feeling of a lack of control, and, and do not let us become bitter with blame. Instead, Lord, help us to rejoice even in this moment, to declare boldly your wonder and goodness, to help us to be diligent in prayer, and to give us eyes to see beauty and wonder during these scary times. God, we do seek your face in this time of trouble, and give wisdom to our leaders. Give safety to our caregivers and first responders. Give peace to our communities. Give us patience as our lives are disrupted that we might not miss the opportunity to bless and help each other. Give aid to our scientists that they may discover a vaccine quickly. Embolden your church that we would live well and love well, that we might represent the name of Jesus well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
One final scripture verse, Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Go with Jesus.